Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Well, good morning. Welcome to Church Online. Uh, glad you're here with us. If right off the bat you feel like we look the exact same as we did last week, it's because we do. We all sp- strategically chose to wear the exact same clothes uh, for this Sunday morning. So anyway, no, we're super glad you're with us. Hope you, I really hope you were able to join us last week. If you haven't heard someone do this the other day, hit pause right now and go back and watch that week. Previously. You can't even say I just, it. I can't do it right. I wanted to do it so bad. Uh, no, seriously, we, we're, gonna, we're actually going to pick up today's message. We're going to pick up kind of where we left off yesterday. We had we knew we had a lot of material to cover uh, last week, didn't get to all of it, uh, and definitely going to uh, pick, on, pick up on some of that again. Uh, but last week we, talk, we started talking about uh, discerning the times and seasons. <clears throat> uh, none of us, it's not a, this is not new news to any of us that we are in uh, bizarre, strange, unprecedented times. In fact, from the time that you're watching this, the time we feel it, who knows what has happened between yeah. now and then. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly how we feel sometimes, but uh, it's definitely one of the most bizarre seasons in, in my young mm-hmm. life's history. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, you know, almost 40 years old, and we, we've seen natural disasters and mm-hmm. we went through 9-11 as a country, but I don't think we've ever seen anything like this no. and no. that was so global. And so uh, we, I think as we've navigated best we can, uh, through the changes, especially as a church, uh, as we've navigated through the changes, it's like you're, at week to week, you're, you're, you're making changes, you're making adjustments. Uh, things don't always go the way you want. In fact, like I said, I thought we would be, uh, that by this point, maybe online church would be a thing of the past and we're yeah. back in person. And uh, But I, I'll just be honest with you, and this is actually the point of this, this message that we're doing. I, I believe in all of this that God was trying to show us all something. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just something, some things, plural. Sure. And last week, one of the things that we talked about, or really what we talked about, uh, coming out of Luke 12, which we'll go to here in just a minute, um, just being able to dis- discern the times and seasons. And we yeah. specifically talked about discerning and understanding what is God saying to you in this yeah. season. It's yeah. really easy uh, to get your eyes on what's the government doing, what's mm-hmm. this protest group doing, what's the, what's this, uh, what's the church doing, and I think it was just important for us to even share some of our own stories that in this season, we've said, okay, Lord, in this season, what are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to work out in me? What are you trying to grow in grow in me? And so we really talked about that. But I want to, today I want to talk about the church. This, uh, this is actually not, to me it's not a normal message because I don't talk about, I'm not saying this is a church leadership message, but I think we are the church. And all of us, that means if you're watching, you're a part of the church, not the little C, the big C, the, the, the right. one. Yeah. And so church. his yeah. church. And um, I, I just want to talk about, I believe that, that God is speaking to the church. There's some things happening to the church. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, let's just read the scripture that we started with last week in Luke chapter 12 to get started. Uh, starting in verse 49, it says, and of course, we joked about this last week. Uh, this is like, this is like... Uh, um, almost like John the Baptist Jesus or Elijah yeah. the prophet Jesus. This is like he's coming in hot, you know. Fiery Jesus, yeah, yeah, fiery Jesus. Verse 49 says, I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I'm under a heavy burden until it's accomplished. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to earth? No, I've come to divide people against each other. 
again, not the not the Jesus that our Sunday school teacher mm-hmm. taught us about on the felt board. Remember Jesus holding on the, the felt lamb. board? Yeah, holding the head of a little lamb. <laughs> uh, not, not that guy. Um, he says, I've actually come to divide people against each other. What is he saying? From now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against, or two in favor and three against. Mm-hmm. Father divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and he said, when you see clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, here comes a shower, and you're right. When the south wind blows, you say, today there's gonna be a, it's gonna be a scorcher, and it is. And then he just, again, Miss Pastor Jesus, you fools, most, uh, most translations actually say you hypocrites, He says, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky. And then here's our point. But you don't know how to interpret the present times. If Jesus is giving a rebuke, he's calling people fools and hypocrites because they aren't interpreting the present times or not discerning the times and the seasons, then that's also him saying as we should be doing that. We should be interpreting what's going on around us. We should be discerning what's going on. And uh, we brought this up last week, but I'll repeat it <clears throat> in case you missed. We, we may have heard the term discernment, uh, but in scripture, there's actually no gift of discernment. There's the gift of the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits because discernment apart from the spirit is just knowledge. Uh, and we've got a world full of knowledge. There's, there's re- yeah, yeah, knowledge and, and knowledge puffs up. Exactly. Uh, I think, I think that's what's, hard right now is there's so much knowledge being thrown around from different camps. We joked about this the other day. You can actually find a stat to support pretty much any position you want to take. Yeah. You really can. You can you can find stats of why the COVID is or COVID is overblown or COVID. <laughs> Somebody calls him that. But you can find someone who's he'll say that COVID's overblown. It's just like the flu, and this stat will show that. Then you can find another one where it's one of the most deadly things that's hit the United States of America. Yeah. You can find someone in, in a stat that says, "Man, it's 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 more dangerous to wear a mask." And another stat yeah. that says it's less dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I think that's the thing that we're that we're struggling with is that we're we're getting a bunch of knowledge, <clears throat> but to know what to do in the present time, we don't just need discernment. We need to, we need discerning of spirits. We yeah. need to, we need to know what spirit is behind the things that are happening. What spirit is behind the protests? What yeah. spirit is behind this political stance? What what is the spirit behind this? And, and knowing the spirit behind and having a spiritual sense of what's happening, a God sense of what's happening. Then and only then will we know what to do. And, well, and I, I, I've been thinking about this as you've been talking. I just want to encourage everybody who's listening. You have the ability. Mm-hmm. Believe this about yourself. You have the ability to interpret the sign, the, 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 the time that we're in, That's this good. present time. You That's have good. that ability because you have the one who interprets on the inside of That's you. Good. His name is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and, and even... I love as you read First Corinthians 12 and it talks about the gifts of the spirit, mm-hmm. the gift of the discerning of spirits. Mm-hmm. It goes on to, to uh, Paul pretty much says, ask for these gifts. Yeah, ask for them. That's ask right. for them. And um, you read James 1, we talked about it earlier. It says, ask for wisdom. Mm-hmm. So in these times when we're kind of wondering, I just feel like there's a lot of people listening like, well, pastors are really good at yeah. interpreting mm-hmm. the signs oh, of the yeah. times. They're really yeah. But what about me, though? Yeah, well, well, me, you listening, you have the exact same Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price and it wasn't we weren't bought with a higher price than you were because we're called to ministry. No, you have the ability 
to actually do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just all about kind of getting around him and his word mm-hmm. and his worship that gives you yeah. gives you that ability. But on top of that, uh, I just really feel the the weight and the power of asking. Yeah. Yeah. I believe we should ask. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, wake up, Lord, I need wisdom. Yeah. Give me wisdom. As I watch this video, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me the gift of the discerning of spirits mm-hmm. to realize what this person is saying is true exactly. or is exaggerated. Mm-hmm. It's drama or it's actually fact. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and just realizing, asking God to do that. In yes. this season and, and I'll just say this, this is, this. I, I had no plans of going here, uh, especially with all the, all the racial tension that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's, there's not as much violent disagreement around around COVID-19 or the economy or masks or no masks. There's not as much violent disagreement there uh, as there is around this this thing around race. And uh, I, I do believe and I, and I know that there is a spirit pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but let me just say this, just because they're in, in behind certain movements and behind behind certain agendas, there is an evil spirit. It doesn't mean mean that the Bible says this, what the enemy meant for harm, God turns it around for good. Mm -hmm. So somewhere hidden in everything the enemy tries is something God's going to redeem. Yeah. So I don't care what, what, what group is trying to force their agenda Mm -hmm. and there's a hidden agenda behind it. And that's why all this stuff is happening. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, maybe there are some agendas, but what is God redeeming in that? Behind their agenda, is there an opportunity for me to deal with a heart issue, an issue that maybe I didn't know was there? Is there an opportunity hidden in this agenda, their negative evil agenda? Is there an opportunity to spark conversation with my parents or my brothers and sisters or my grandparents about, hey, what do you think about race? What do you think about this? Because I remember growing up and I heard granddaddy say this and I heard mom and dad say this and we weren't a date, we weren't allowed to date black girls or we weren't allowed to, allowed to date Mexican girls or, or Me- Mm-hmm. Hard stuff. Real stuff. Real stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't don't. If all you do is fight their agenda, it's almost like you're you're not giving God a chance to work on something in you that could it could possibly be there. I am. I have zero fear that some organization's agenda is going to uh, take control of my life, and one day I'm going to look yeah. up and go, "Man, I don't even believe in Jesus." Yeah, I don't even. I, I can't believe yeah. all this just happened to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. No, nothing. The enemy only has the authority that we give him. And I think when we, when we embrace a war on his terms, when we fight a war on his terms, he's already winning. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of what the left is doing or the right is doing or what Antifa is doing or Black Lives Matter. And what's, oh, it's, it's, you say Black Lives Matter, but let me tell you what it really means. It's like you can't even say, you can't even say I love black people anymore without saying I'm behind some agenda. Since when? Yeah. Or I don't want to be. Wish I wasn't white. Yeah. Or yeah. No, no. No one's apologizing for being right. white. No one's endorsing everything that every. No. What I am saying is, if if something, if something was supernaturally raised to the surface, mm-hmm. here's what I can do. I can look in my own heart. Yeah. And say, hey, was there, is there is there something in there to deal with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take the posture of humility mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we so we good. fight. We we're <laughs> fighting. Sometimes people are fighting so hard mm-hmm. from this position of well. I didn't mm. own slaves. Mm. I didn't have this. I didn't I'm, I'm commit not, this. Yeah. I'm not this. Neither was any of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. one time did Jesus take on the spirit of the thought of, you know what? I didn't commit that sin or that one. I didn't kill that guy. I, I'm actually going to trade places with a murderer. Mm-hmm. Not one time did he give into the spirit that said, yeah. that's not mine. So therefore I won't take it on for your behalf. Yeah. Mm. 
and it's I think that that's what I see a lot of it's it's that in in the body of Christ mm-hmm. it's you said it to begin with the enemy has the authority that we give him yeah, yeah. we're literally why would we ever I have this thought sometimes if you know that you were truly delivered of something let's mm-hmm. say you're truly delivered of, of a drug addict being a drug addict mm-hmm. you're truly delivered from a heroin addiction mm-hmm. would you ever do cocaine if you knew that you had been truly delivered from a drug addiction. It's not the same one, Yeah. but if you knew that God literally did an actual miracle, yeah. would you ever entertain that yeah. evil thing again? Yeah, Probably not, but people do it time and time and time That's again true. by just giving the enemy a right to speak and get their ear. Yeah. It's like we're, we're hearing more of what well, they said in this news outlet and they and my family and whoever said all of these things yeah. and very little of what the word of God said. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything has just kind of been muddy. I can't yeah. tell. Well, and and, and we, saw, we said this earlier just when we were praying uh, before all this. You got to have the ability, and this is what we're talking about today, discerning the times. What The times for you sometimes mm-hmm. is different than the times for me. Sure. Yep. The times for what one church is doing mm-hmm. is different than the time for another church. I had an incredible conversation with a, a new black friend of mine. He's half black, half Hispanic. And I just said, hey, I'm, we, had a, uh, we were out hunting actually together. And I just said, hey, I trying to cr- stay in that posture of humility. And I said, hey, I've asked a lot of people this. I want, to, I want you to give me your perspective of what's going on with some of the racial tension in our country. And my goodness, the mm-hmm. answer he gave me was... It was, it was almost uncomfortable for me to hear because of how he approached it, which was so different. I'm not saying I didn't believe what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I just was sitting there listening to what he was saying, thinking I could never, I could never say those words. I should never say those words. So discerning the, the time for me is what am I supposed to be doing in this moment? What are, what's my church? What's my sure. collective group supposed yep. to be doing? His, his might be different. And you actually do have to have that you have to give someone else the ability to have a different opinion. I'll say it this way. Um, when all, some of this stuff started happening, two gentlemen in my church came to my mind. And I, I, won't, I won't mention their names. One's a police officer, one's a black man. And I, I remember feeling the pressure as I'm trying to hear God as to, as to what I'm supposed to say around some of these hot button topics, which actually we, we used to didn't talk about them that much. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing the church is learning. It's like, hey, man, we're actually supposed to help people with this stuff. We're actually supposed to have an opinion. We're supposed to have a stance on some of this. Mm -hmm. But then trying to figure out what stance to have. And I remember I remember I had this vision. And in this vision, uh, the the police officer was sitting on this side of the sanctuary and the the black man was sitting on this side of the sanctuary. And I'm and I remember feeling, can I can I support him without telling him I don't support him? Mm -hmm. Can I say something positive about and can I say something encouraging? And can I tell a black man, hey, I'm behind you. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm learning. I'm working on me. And I'm encouraging our church to work on us if we have issues in the area of racism. Mm-hmm. If I say that, did my police officer friend here, I don't care about you. It's mm-hmm. real. Or when I make a post about, with a, a, I saw this going around, a police officer crying because he was just so broken about a situation. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I subconsciously saying, because I support a police officer, that I don't support what the black community is going through? That's, the, that's, the, that's a divisive spirit, an mm-hmm. evil spirit. That's a dark spirit mm-hmm. trying to get you to take a side. Mm-hmm. 
choose a side or not choose a side. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't, you can't say that you support them because that means that what I'm saying is, is there's all this pressure, there's all this chaos going on and we, we have to get real about, okay, Lord, you said we're supposed to be able to discern the seasons. You said we're supposed to be able to discern the times. Lean in. Everything we're doing in this season as, even, is, as church leaders, we're leaning in saying, okay, Lord, I, let me, I'll just say this. What I've learned is the more I lean into trying to hear his side, the more I start to see both sides. Yeah. Yep. If I'm just being really honest. That's good. And what I want is the ability, which I think, excuse me, I think Jesus actually had this ability. Jesus had the ability to see both sides and never ostracize either one of them. Mm-hmm. It's like he could speak to both sides. He had this incredible ability to do both. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that kind of wisdom. That's well, what we he, should want. I, I'm reminded that he did that in the story with the woman who was caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. In, a so, in, in a brilliant way, he, they're wanting to stone her. Mm-hmm. And he literally leans down. He writes in the sand, which we all want to know. What did he write? He writes, yeah. But he <laughs> said, you who haven't sinned, throw the first mm-hmm. stone. Here he speaks to the religious people yep. and protects the woman who is yeah. literally caught in her shame yeah. and teaches them, has compassion on them. Because he didn't stand up to the Pharisees and said, you guys are a bunch of snakes and hypocrites. Get out of here. Yeah. He did at certain times. Yeah. Yeah. But in this moment, he was literally able to save um, the both parties. Yeah, the, the perfect word. word yeah. you know? And, and I'm, I'm just reminded, like, Jesus told his disciples, I have so much to say to you but you can't bear them now. Do we even ask ourselves ourselves the question, should I say this right now Mm -hmm. or not? Is this the right time? Is this the right time? And I'll I'll say this too. I I honestly, this is what I, the conviction I have and what I believe. There should be more conversations happening in person Mm -hmm. than posts going out on Instagram or Facebook. Because what you cannot control with a post Mm -hmm. is your heart, is your tone, Mm -hmm. is even in text messages, your body. You can't do that. It's so I would even say, Mm -hmm. and this is, I'm just going to go out and say it. I would even say that's probably one of the reasons this spirit Mm -hmm. of division Mm -hmm. is pushing all this stuff Mm -hmm. out into social media. It's Mm -hmm. literally using the 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 avenue of social media to divide the church Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just not okay i would rather i would rather see people in our church Mm -hmm. having conversations in their home and on their phone than posting their opinion on on instagram and and that's why i think you were you were saying this we have to live by our own convictions Mm And then we have to ask ourselves, is that our conviction or is that our opinion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to know that you have to know the difference. And if you don't know the difference, honestly, keep your mouth shut. It's probably the best <laughs> thing you, you know. can do. Yeah. <laughs> like be, be, be slow to speak. Yeah. The word says be, be slow to speak and be and slow to get angry. Yeah. And, so, and yeah. so I, I, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but I already, yeah. already did, did, but I just, I just feel <laughs> like that. Enough. That's just. That's just the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah, it's the right thing to do. Well, and, I, and I've noticed this: if you don't know which is con, is conviction or your opinion, here's another thing you can't forget about. And we're going to talk about some of this today. You've been you've been set into the body of Christ. The mm-hmm. Bible said God placed us in a body. Yep. He placed us in a community. He placed us in and around people that mm-hmm. think different than we think, that believe different different than we believe. The Bible says, in terms of our gifting, we all know in part. And we all prophesy in part. We all have a part to play. And I think that's actually something, and I'm not just trying to toot our horn. I actually think that's something that we've done well. If there's anything we've done a lot of in this season is we've done a lot of asking. 
Yeah. A lot of listening. listening. I mean, this morning, you know, I'm like, I'm telling Keith, I think this is the direction we're going to go for the message. And Keith says, okay, I think we're supposed to start here and end here. And next thing yeah. you know, even in how we do this, and then we're asking Cody, what, what are you sensing? Liam, what you? We're asking all these questions. And the next thing you know, this beautiful harmony begins to happen because that we were actually created to function. Mm-hmm. The purest truth you'll ever, you'll ever hear mm-hmm. is truth that comes from multiple directions. Yes. Because mm-hmm. we all have a part of truth. We all know a part of truth. We see yes. just a fraction of it. And if you want to get the whole truth, mm-hmm. you got to ask more than one person. That's yeah. so good. And it's like, why don't, if, if you're, I don't even know how we got off on this. Uh, make your, I don't know what your preferred news station is, but you need to have both major news apps on your phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. Yep. You, you, you actually you, you, you you need got, quiet. Yeah, you got quiet in here. I'm like, I don't even know if I believe that. What, what I'm saying is there is truth in, in so many different avenues. Sure. And one of the most dangerous things is to minimize the number of voices that get to come into your, in, into your mind. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say? There is safety in the counsel of many. You want, safe, you, want to, you want to feel safe in what you believe, safe in the stance that you're taking. Make sure you're asking mm-hmm. lots of, that's why you know, we did that panel with a bunch of black friends of mine. I'll never had that perspective. I will never, I will never know that perspective. Right. And the only way I'll ever get that perspective, if I want a safe perspective as to what's going on, it is imperative that I ask. Mm-hmm. It is imperative that I entertain different trains of thought. And, and, and I've, Leanne can attest to this. Uh, I, I get fed up with both news stations, to be honest with you, Fox and CNN, I'll say their names. Mm-hmm. I get fed up because they're so angrily defending their stance. There's, mm-hmm. there's actually never really a balance. Pers- there's no such thing as fair and balanced. Let me just say that. <laughs> Every single one of them, are, they're pushing. I'm in so much trouble right now. Yeah, here come the eagles. I can hear the fingers. Yeah, just it's really wide. bothering me too. Uh, <laughs> it's like there, there, there is no such thing as on, on either. Mm. They're, they're pushing. Everyone's pushing their agenda. That's that's the thing that's most difficult right now. It's like, well. I could always trust this news station. I thought I could always trust this news station. Just in in this in seasons like this, open your ears, mm-hmm. open your ears, and open your discernment. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Okay, Lord, I want to I want to hear a couple different things instead of just living in this one road or yeah. living in this one road. I want to hear a couple different things. I want to talk to some friends. I'll be Leanne will tell you this. Some of the people I invited on the panel or mm-hmm. different people I've talked to and some of the Instagram lives and things that we've done. I know for a fact. They don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it on their social media. I know for a fact they did not and don't probably agree with me on some things that were important to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Lord saying, if you don't invite them to that Instagram live now, if you don't ask them their opinion, you're silencing something that could teach you something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I, that's the problem. Oh, if I don't, if I don't agree with you, uh, that, that's that political spirit. Mm-hmm. If I don't agree with you, I separate myself from mm-hmm. you as far as I can get from you instead of saying, hey, yeah. I don't agree with you, but I'm going to stay in a relationship with you so that my truth is constantly getting honed. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I don't have a hardest stance on this thing as I once did. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I kind of want to get us back on track <laughs> because what the, the point of, that we're, we're trying to make here, I think we're trying to make here, is that in this season, we really got to be listening to what's going on in here. Yeah. Really listening, really asking, you know, God, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. And a, a small shift of gears. Last week we talked about the individual. Uh, what is God saying to the church? Mm-hmm. I had this statement come up. I felt like the Lord spoke this to my spirit um, uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago. Um, 
And he said, one of the things that I'm trying to correct in this season, because the churches are being shut, like with us having to cancel service, that you'll never understand the weight of something like that. When this is what you're, this is your job, you know, is my job is to lead the church and our job is to lead the church. And so when you start doing things and you know how much a Sunday morning service means to people, you know how much this, you see people getting saved on Sunday, you see people getting healed on Sunday, you see, you see all this stuff happening on Sundays. And so you know what's possible when you get there. You know what the potential is in a Sunday morning service. And then yet you get this unction of like, I, no, you, no services right now. It's, it's an incredible pressure. And as I began to, to just kind of lean into that, I felt like the Lord said, one of the things that I'm trying to correct in this season, in the church, if you're discerning, is the church has made the institution of church responsible for things that the individuals of the church should be responsible for. Mm -hmm. We've looked to the institution to introduce people to Jesus. Our version of evangelism is invite people to church. That's true. Not invite people into a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's it's so long now been this way. I bet most of us in most of us, we even asked our staff our, we, in prayer this this week. We challenged our staff in prayer about when's the last time you personally walked up to someone and led them to the Lord, mm -hmm. or are we just waiting for another Sunday so we can do the yeah. everybody close your eyes and bow your head <laughs> yeah. and the ushers are going to spot you and I see that hand. We got all our language around. Yeah, I see that. You know, that because that's how people get saved in America. You know, right. not because you walked up to a random person led by the Holy Spirit and said, "Hey, I know this is going to seem strange, but my name's Braden. Uh, did you know Jesus?" Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, what? What is that called? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's called the Great Commission. Yeah. yeah. Matthew sixteen, verse seventeen, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They will speak in tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink deadly things and it won't hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That was something you were pointing out earlier on. Okay. So the, this, this um, advancement of the kingdom has been the, the, the priority or the, or the pressure or even the responsibility. It's like it's been put on the church. And I think one of the things that the Lord's doing, I had a prophetic friend of mine, a prophet friend of mine, uh, uh, Joe Presswood was telling me the other day, he said, I, I'm seeing what God's doing is he's, he's forcing men to lead their homes. Yep. Mm. Men are actually having, if you actually want spirituality in your home, all of a sudden it's like, well, we can't go to church. You got husbands and dads saying, well, I guess I'm going to have to do it. Mm. That has been needing to happen for decades. Yeah. We have the most fatherless generation that we've ever seen. And all of a sudden, now we're forced into homes and it's putting that pressure. Because I think most, a lot of them, you're good. But if you have an opportunity just to, to pawn off spiritual things on the church or somebody else, sometimes that's easier. I'm uncomfortable praying in front of my kids. I'm I don't know enough scripture or I'm too busy at work or whatever. But I think what this is doing is it's actually pushing on homes. And Joe was telling me this. It's pushing on the individuals of the church, not the institution of the church. Yeah. But it's pushing on the individuals of the church to say, hey, you go reach the lost. You preach the gospel. You lay hands on the sick. You lead your family, and I and I feel like that's I feel like that's just something that God's doing. Yes. Uh, is is he's he's saying okay, in this season, instead of we, we talked about this a bunch, instead of complaining about what we don't have, let's ask the Lord, what do we have? Yeah. Well, we have an opportunity to get back as individuals of being the church, yeah. not just in advertising on so behalf great. of the church. That's well, so great. And just. Just because there's a father in your home does not mean that your kids can 
are, are exempt from growing up fatherless. Mm. That's really right. I mean, like it's hard, but it's right. We, it, depending on how we approach this season as dads, yeah, we will either determine if we go through this again, mm-hmm. yeah. or if we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If our kids deal with some of the things that we're dealing with as yeah. a nation, or if we don't. Yeah. Like, because it started in with, mm-hmm. this is the the biggest fatherless generation ever. It's not a churchless generation. Yeah. It's a fatherless. There's a lot generation. of church. Yeah. There's a lot of churches. There's not a lot of fathers in homes. Well, and that's what what we've been talking about is things are getting um, shaken up. Mm -hmm. They're getting shaken that can be shaken. I know, Leanne, you kind of even had Mm -hmm. some stuff on on that that I think would be good to kind of Yeah, I mean, I just think all of this starts with looking at, looking, taking a look at us on the inside and being like, God, what do you want to change in me? What do you want to do in me? What do you need to sift out in me mm-hmm. so that I can be the father I need to be, so yeah. that I can be the mother I need to be, um, so that I can be an individual in the church Yeah, that has got my heart set after you. Yeah. And doing my part. And doing my yeah. part because the church isn't the church without each of us individually doing, yeah. asking God, God, sift me. Yeah. Create in me a pure heart. I started thinking mm-hmm. about that song uh, by Maverick City Music clean my hands, purify my heart. Yeah. I want to burn for you. Yeah. Well, how many of us are are saying we love Jesus and we believe in God and all this, but our lifestyle has, we've fallen away from even mm. watching church online mm. lately. I mean, yeah. our numbers have just, I'm just be honest, like yeah. our numbers have fallen off of just people watching. Mm. What is God wanting to do in you? Mm. And I, I have a scripture that really, Another friend of mine posted it this week, and it has just burned in me all week. It's Hebrews twelve twenty five, and it it's it just goes back to paying attention and discerning the times we're in. It says, "Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one, capital O, the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven." When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that the only unshakable things will remain. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that this is a time talking about the church, the big C, the church, the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Anything that can be shaken is being shaken. And if you're paying attention, um, it starts with you. It starts with you as a yeah. mom, as a dad, as a, as a friend, as a you know, sister, brother, whatever. God, shake shake out in me all the things that need to be shaken out in me. I wanna be uh, a, I wanna be a home where you can dwell so that I can be part of the revival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Revival is just like simply hearts turning back to God, yeah. hearts turning back to the Father. But it starts with each of us individually saying, God, shake out. Yeah. What is not going to remain, that fruit that remains, shake it out of me. Yeah. Get it out of me. Yeah. Um, God, why is it that I, my heart is is not, why, why am I just saying that I love you, but I don't want to watch church online? Mm-hmm. Why am I, you know, feeling divided? What What is that in me? What are the things in me? Where's the insecurity? Where's the, where's the jealousy? Mm-hmm. Where are the things that um, I've fallen away from you? Mm-hmm. And show me and reveal to me. And I love that Keith said earlier that uh, discerning of spirits is not only for leadership or pastors, mm-hmm. but it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, God is no respecter of persons. And so today, I guess I just want to just encourage you, encourage us to just become so desperate for Jesus, for him to shake out all the parts of us that, that don't need to remain so that we will have fruit that remains so that we can be hosts for revival because that's what this is all about. When as you're saying that, I'm thinking about just that, it's that concept of fire burning away anything that's not pure, burning away the the chaff, so to speak. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Sometimes in seasons like this, the, the biggest uh, temptation, well, and, and it just happens. It's, just, it's very natural. You start just thinking about yourself. You're, you come, you, you try to get back in control of what's going on. You start self-preservation. You start thinking about self. You're, you're, dis, you're distracted. You're frustrated. You're whatever. Your, your, your business is taking a hit and you're, you're looking for something to do something for you. You need help. You need a boost. You, you need something. And uh, we've all been there. We're, I, I might say we all are there right now to a certain degree because yeah. we've all got got our stuff. But um, and, and in times like this, a lot of people ask, Lord, why, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? Why are you letting my business go down the drain? Why are you letting this church seem to have? Why are you letting why are you letting these things happen? And, so, and, and we ask him, why the fire, Lord, yeah, because so of how right. the fire is affecting me. Mm-hmm. Why the fire? And I was. I was thinking about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if anybody ever had a reason to say, why the fire? It was those three. They, they didn't do anything wrong to get thrown into the fire. In fact, they did everything right. Yeah. They, when, when, the, when they were threatened with death, if they didn't bow down, if they were, th- they were threatened within, with their own lives, if they yeah. didn't bow, they had the courage to say, <laughs> We know our God will deli- we know our God can deliver us, we know our God will deliver us, but even if he doesn't, I love that phrase, even yeah. if he doesn't, we are not we are not shaken in this. They did all, they did everything right and still got thrown in the fire. Mm-hmm. And if anybody ever had a right to say why the fire, mm-hmm. those three. Mm-hmm. And you keep on reading, and I, I pulled this piece of scripture up. Daniel chapter three, verse twenty. It says, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor. This is uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and he commanded certain men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he cast them into, burning, into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because of the king's, the king's command was so urgent, and the fiery furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who even took, took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Verse 24, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He said, Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Man, I just, it got all over me when the Lord began to speak to me about this. He said, I didn't, I didn't, the fire didn't happen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so that they would turn to me. I knew I could trust them. So I brought fire to them so that someone else who didn't even believe in me could see me for the first time. Just think about this. This 
Babylonian king who doesn't even believe in their God. There were the, how they went through the fire. Let me say it another way. How they handled the fire. What happened to them in the fire? Being in the presence of God in the fire. All of a sudden caused someone who didn't even believe to say, I see four and I, and I know who that fourth one is. I didn't believe until now, but I know who that fourth one is. That fourth one looks like Jesus. That is just bizarre to me. And I, I just feel this. What I feel is happening in the church. We'll, we'll go back to that. What I feel is happening in the church is that the Lord is saying, look, I need some individuals to start taking the responsibility back from the institution. Yeah. It is no longer the institution's job or just the institution's job of the church, the building, the services, if you, you know, yeah. quote finger. Mm -hmm. it's, it's no longer the job of the organization <clears throat> to be a light in a dark place, mm -hmm. to lay hands on the sick, to lead people to Jesus. It's this, if, it's this, if you can't have a service one way, how, find a way to have a service another way. Yeah. Find a way to advance the kingdom. What? Someone may need to see how you handle this season. Someone might need to see how the church, the Bible says that all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the true sons of God. Mm -hmm. Creation's waiting to see how we handle this fire. They're, they're not waiting. Creation's not waiting to go to church. No, they're not waiting to go to church. If they got plenty of options there. Yeah. They're not waiting for that. What they're wanting to see is something real. Yeah. And I just believe that it's in seasons like this, you know, and this is a little bit cliche, the darker it gets, the brighter even a small little light shines. Yep. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how small of a candle we have in this room. If we turned out all the lights and it was pitch black, midnight, and everything is black, mm -hmm. that whole, that the smallest amount of light affects every ounce of darkness. In fact, you can't even call it darkness anymore because yeah. it has a bit of light. It's true. It's you can't even call it darkness anymore. Yeah. And I just, I get this sense just like Joe was saying, he's calling on dads to pastor their homes. Mm -hmm. If the children's church pastor can't do it, you do it. Yeah. And, and can you imagine what would happen? And what a son, let's say, I can't even say what Sunday services will look like. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, I, who knows? We're, Lord, we're, what do you want? What do you want this thing to look like? Yeah. But can you imagine what it might be like in a room where the spirit of faith was so strong in a room on a Sunday morning because disciples were out discipling and yeah. were full of testimonies of what God had been doing all week. They didn't come to church to get faith. Yeah. They came to church to bring faith. Yeah. And every single person in the room was saying, oh, I just cannot wait to share what happened this week. Mm -hmm. And there's that spirit of faith on the inside. Imagine the worship that would go forth. Wow. Yeah. Imagine, and we started with this, I don't know if this was in prayer or we've done a lot of things today. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, mm -hmm. I will draw all men unto me. Imagine the magnetism the church would have, the, the effect that would be on the church if God drawing people to the church if we had so much of Jesus to lift up because out every single week people were out there doing the things. Yeah. True revival. True revival. Exactly. True revival. Yeah, right. So that they see your good works and glorify the Father. Well, and that's what you're that's what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Shifting, shaking things up mm -hmm. to where it's no longer the institution, but the individual. Yeah. What does that look like? That looks like us going out and, and when we see somebody limping in the grocery store, yep. we think, wow, it's not a coincidence that I saw them limping. God sent me here yeah. because I'm, I'm, and I'm, I know this is, um, this takes, takes risk and it mm -hmm. kind of brings a little mm -hmm. fear with it, 
but it's like, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to go pray for that person. It it looks like us pastoring our home. It looks like us being a, a place of hope Mm -hmm. for people. As you were talking, uh, I kind of heard this phrase, since we can't be at church, we must be the church. We can't be at church. We must, in other words, people can't go to church, Mm -hmm. so they better get church when they come to you. Mm -hmm. And, and we're, we're called to be these, this, this place of, a refuge for people yeah. because we have the living God living on the in, yeah. inside of us. And that's kind of one of the things that uh, the Lord has been uh, showed me a couple of weeks ago is in this season, um, as individuals, we should be a place of hope. Yeah. We should be in the, we should be carriers yeah. of hope. Yeah. If, if, if we're believers, if we follow Jesus, if we're the light of yeah. the world, the light of the world sounds like, and it looks like hope. Yeah. It brings hope. And well, like like what just happened? Mm-hmm. Someone that you know, you just got a text earlier. Someone you know has coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Mission engaged. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it literally. I, it I literally, have a response to give here. Literally came in a group text, and and my my first thought is, I'm the one that needs to be hope in this situation. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can we empathize and say sorry that this happened to you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, we send a message that says. Hey, but at least your symptoms are getting better and you're not sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're going to get over this. Hey, yeah. it's not, hey, don't carry the weight and the shame of the people yeah. you may have exposed. Yeah. Hey, don't let the enemy be, mm-hmm. what am I doing? I'm literally bringing yeah. hope to your situation because I'm called to be a carrier of hope. Yeah. We are called so to, to, carry, to carry hope. And I, I, just, I just think even one of the things yeah. the Lord is doing in this season too, when we talk about him um, shaking things that need to be shaken. I guess maybe this is more my heart. I, I want the world to be able to look at the church and say, man, I wish we would have reacted that way. Yeah. Man, I wish we would have talked that way. Yeah, man, I sure. wish we would have would have looked like them. Mm-hmm. You were, we were talking earlier, we kind of got on our soapbox about mm-hmm. political things. Here's, here's the truth. You, you can have, you ask God for wisdom, ask God for the, the gift of the discerning of spirits, all of that, but also go on to the next chapter. And he says, there's a way that's greater than all of it. And it's love. Yeah. And he says, you can, you love, here's what love does. Love rejoices whenever the truth wins out. That's right. That's what love does. Yeah, that's good. And, and we're, we're called to be, we're called to be that. Yeah. I want the church, I want the world to look, look and say, look, one thing that was not shaken, one thing that was unshakable was the love that the people of God showed to the earth, yeah. showed to the world, showed to their communities, yeah. no matter if they disagreed with them, no matter what was going on. Yeah. And, um, and as individuals, you know, and, and, I, and I'll just say this, I'm kind of preaching to myself right now. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of do that a lot, but it's, it's like, that's the conviction that I have. That, that is, as we, as we prayed together as a staff on Monday, it was like, wow, Brain just kind of, he, he was the one that brought that, that idea of this, the, the individual and the institution. It's like, Lord, let us, yeah. let us take back the responsibility yeah. that we are called to carry. We are, it, it, this is, and I'll tell you, here, here's, here's what's happening right now. This is not a time to be flippant about the things of God. Yeah, you better right. start taking God serious mm-hmm. right now. That's right. Mm-hmm. If you don't take him serious, you're going to miss him. Yeah. You will miss. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, the, that's the truth of the matter. You will miss him. Yeah. You'll miss him. Well, He'll walk right by you this season. And I love I think that Natalie got that word this week, and she put it plugged into a couple different places. But I think it fits here as, as well. Paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paradigm shift. 
stop waiting for church to come back and just start being the church. Be the church. Stop waiting for us to get back to church as normal. We do, we have to start we have to start being the church. It's I I think I actually don't I'm I'm not one and I want you to know this cuz I mean I'm sure that by this time a lot of you're saying when are we coming back? When are we coming back? Let me just say this when when it's done. When whatever God's doing here is yep. done. Hmm. You you said that this morning. A Bible school student heard this one teacher teach on Mark eleven twenty three for like three months, and the student asked him, "When are we, when are we ever going to stop preaching on Mark eleven twenty three? And he said, "When you get it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Whenever you get whenever it. you get it, and I actually believe that's how God feels about this. Mm-hmm. When when do we get to start? When 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 is something going to change? When we get this? Mm-hmm. When whatever's supposed to be worked out in us, when the fire is done, when there's until there's nothing left of what's supposed to be left, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just asking, join us in that. Yeah, you want to get back, you want to get back sooner. Be the church, mm-hmm. be the yeah. church, do the things, do all the things. I challenged our staff this Sunday, or like I said this Monday. I was like, not not one person needs to come back to staff prayer next Monday and have not been the church to somebody somewhere, yeah. myself included. Lead people to Jesus. Lay hands on the sick. Bring, be a carrier of hope. There should be some significant story yep. of us being the church by next week. Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.